everyone, welcome to Word with Dave Clay. Now, I have never played the game Wordle. <laughs> even, even saying it makes you want to laugh. Wordle. Um, I'm not much of a game player. It's, it's the truth of it. And that's probably why I've not played Wordle, and I've never heard of it uh, until actually reading the article that will be the subject of our podcast today from Psychology Today, Who Cheats at Wordle? But I have heard, speaking of cheating, I've heard the words, don't cheat. I've heard those before. When I have played games... And if this is a moment of some true confession, as much as I've said anything significant by acknowledging that, that you would care, <laughs> I don't play games. The only time in my life I probably did was when my son was young, and then we did the Requiem board games. <laughs> he kind of enjoyed them. I really didn't, but I enjoyed the time with him. But the one thing my wife hated was when he cheated. And the one thing he seemed, at least for a while, incapable of doing was resisting the temptation to cheat. Uh, I think winning and losing is what you usually do with games. May or may not be a good concept. There may come a day even in light of current, current, certain current sort of trends in our culture where measuring somebody either as a winner or a loser may actually be frowned upon, seen negatively and done away with entirely. Uh, I think that's possible, although there's just a lot of things we do. Uh, within that context of game playing and winning and losing. Maybe, maybe that'll be the alternative that will just restrict it or limit it to games. Maybe everything else in life, no winners, no losers. But games, yeah, we can do them. We can do winning and losing. After all, I mean, it really isn't going to hurt anybody. But I think in the end, it could. And that brings me back to, or brings me back to, psychology today. And the particulars, the article, Who Cheats at Wordle? And the author, Devon Fry. And not only Who Cheats at Wordle, loser, less religious locations have a higher incidence of Wordle fraud. Wordle, a puzzle in which players have six tries to guess a five-letter word is played and shared by millions of users each day. Because the game releases only one word per day, there is ample opportunity to cheat by searching for the correct answer online. A research study found that where someone lives may be a key predictor of the propensity to fake a whirlwind. Researcher, or researchers Alexandra Wormley and Adam Cohen 
used Google Trends to measure the popularity of search terms like Wordle Answer and Today Wordle in each state. Because Wordle reveals the correct answer when players fail to solve the puzzle, they reason that most people searching for the answer had an unscrupulous motive. They also measured each state's religiosity and cultural tightness or preference for strict social norms. Cheating was more common in looser, less religious states. Vermont residents took the lead and less common in more religious, tighter states. Cheating at Wordle is relatively innocuous, the researchers concede, yet the study's findings may help explain how the cultures in which we live shape our ethical behavior. When trying to determine where more severe forms of fraud, say tax evasion, are most likely to occur, They note measuring religiosity and cultural tightness might be a good place to start. Who cheats at Wordle? March, April 2023, Psychology Today, Devon Fry. Looser, less religious locations have a higher incidence of Wordle fraud. Now, who cares? I mean, (laughs) Wordle, it's funny. It sounds funny. Again, as the article put it, innocuous. You really can't say much about people. My son, he's a pretty ethical person now, even though he went through that stage and phase of cheating. And what was wrong with him (laughs) trying to be a winner? And I'm sure as a child, there's a lot to be said for competence. Uh, mastery is what we call it in psychological sort of terms. And all he was trying to do was understand his competency, his mastery of certain circumstances. And he was comparing himself to others. Isn't that what games are all about? It's competitive. We get some sense of where we are in relationship to others. And after all, in the end, who doesn't like to be better than everybody else? There's a bit of a, again, self-esteem boost that comes from that. And maybe there's nothing wrong with that. Maybe. Again, the way of recent cultural trends and trending, I'm not sure that, especially the end of feeling good about winning, I'm not sure that we can say that anymore. It seems like people who win, unless they're sports figures or athletes or Maybe gamblers. I mean, that's a game. Gambling is based on game, gaming. Uh, Maybe we can say that about them. But in a general life sort of way, I don't know. This whole concept of winning and losing seems to have been really corrupted. Maybe it is a cheating motive. I don't know. Or a motive to cheat. Maybe it's just self-esteem. Maybe it's just a lot of individuals who have never really found their way to mastery. Uh, aptitude, um, whether or not they know what they're good at or not good at. Maybe it's all been done before and they really don't have any place to, uh, so to speak, uh, kind of test themselves. Maybe it is all unfair. (laughs) Maybe some have 
more uh, advantage than others. I always thought it a bit unfair, the idea that you would compare yourself when you're younger to what you're going to even be in yourself older, more so compare yourself to people who are older. That doesn't seem to be fair. The older meaning that they've had certainly more opportunity, if you measure that in term of time, maybe time, as much resource, was more readily available. Maybe in a direct competition sort of way, it's unfair because of wisdom. Maybe there's some things like athletics where that doesn't really matter, or gambling, as with luck. It doesn't really matter. It's more about luck. It's more about the situation. Maybe it's more about youth. Maybe that's why there will always be certain things that we'll still see as winners and losers. I gave up playing basketball competitively against my son or even with my son because I can't do it anymore physically and he was winning too much and it was terrible on my self-esteem. Although I think he at first enjoyed it because it was his first chance as he and I played when he was younger and he didn't really feel very good at it or didn't exercise his prowess in physical terms as much when he was younger as he could when he was older. But even then, for him, along the way, he began to realize this is an unfair game. It's like cheating. (laughs) I'm playing against this older person that really can't do it anymore. And again, he did that with the games that he played. But competency should be individually measured. Aptitude should be individually measured. One's abilities, capabilities, should be innately so, individually measured. And I'm not even sure if it's always has to be always a matter of innately so. I think it also probably would be something of acquisition. And there are situations and circumstances where people have availability of certain resources, knowledge, But that's one that's even a little more difficult to argue today because with the internet and the availability of knowledge, some of it factual, some of it not, some of it false, um, some of it presented as fact but really opinion. But there's just a lot of information out there, so it's not even such that people would be denied as maybe in times past Access. Maybe it's a matter of, again, just how you grew up culturally. Uh, Certainly the article captures that certain cultures are tighter, which I think there's maybe more of a a empathy perspective-taking dimension to that. People treat neighbors as neighbors. Maybe they've known them longer. Possibly they're just kinder. (laughs) Maybe... Those communities tend to attract people who are of a similar mindset. Uh, Maybe not. There's just, once again, many, many factors that we could look at that from uh, or taken into consideration uh, as we look at that and the perspective we choose to look at it from. But at the same time, though, I think in the end, especially when it comes to the majority of the work I do, even if it's family counseling, relationship counseling, it's the individual that needs to understand who they are, 
where they are, what they're good at, what their aptitude would be, even what their chances, and going back to that gaming, that gambling sort of angle. Um, But if you take all that into consideration, the measure of your life, or at least winning or losing, and if winning and losing in life could be measured by individual unique situations and circumstances as much as individuals participating in those unique and circumstances, individual circumstances, then it probably should be you and you, <laughs> not you and me or you and them or us and them in that win-lose sort of dimension or way. And possibly the article, when it speaks to, I've already tried to address a bit of what I thought tightness meant. But religiosity, I know religion is a formal set of beliefs generally, or at least comprised of a formal set of beliefs. It's a paradigm, a mindset, possibly even an interpretation of facts built construct truth, uh, a way of then doing life and even so sharing that with others. Usually there's a community dimension to that. But I think true religion, if I can say it that way, needs to be between you and you. And before you ever begin to look at somebody else or compete with somebody else, I think you have to look at yourself. Now you can, when you're a child, you can kind of cut children, youth, some slack. That's pretty much how they have to do that. They really don't have much of a self-concept, depending on where they are in terms of not only chronological age, but psychological age, sense of self, um, all that representative of some maturity, physiologically, psychologically. And then, because no person is an island unto themselves, you're going to do that in comparison to others. But somewhere along the way, that type of thinking really doesn't work anymore. Because there are so many factors, and you can't do that. You can't compare one person to the other, and you even can't, I don't think even you can't, sort of begin to say, well, that's not fair. It may not be fair, and we may like it to be different, but it is what it is. But you can't change something from the past. And the moment that has passed is the past. And a lot of this, we don't have control over. There's just a lot of factors. I mean, there's tornadoes, and there's earthquakes, and there's wars, and there's famine, and (laughs) pestilence continuing that kind of line of thinking and some of that's human made and some of that isn't but this notion that somehow we can remove all of those factors and then somehow in that make it fair so that everybody's a winner I don't think that's likely to happen if that's the way we choose to do it what I think we can do though is stop measuring ourselves when we're old enough mature enough psychologically we've developed enough to realize this simple premise we're all individuals 
then we have to relate to the world. But if you try to relate to the world or solely as a child might, comparative, you're going to have all kinds of trouble because you're going to feel like somebody's always cheated you, somebody's not been fair with you, somebody's taken something from you. Compare yourself with people who've been around longer. (laughs) They have more opportunity in the sense of just time and experience. Uh, People are disabled. Some people can't do certain things. But I think that's the problem, is that a lot of people don't get to the point of maturity, or in psychological sort of terms, they're so preoccupied with who they are comparative to others, and maybe the biggest problem with social media. I mean, that's a reflection of that. That may be the cause of that. That's all theory, mine. But it certainly suggests that we don't measure ourselves either by ourselves or our immediate communities. And true religion, I think, is getting that right with yourself before you begin to sort of look at the other person or the world around you. And with that, accept. Not with concession or resignation. Do what you can. (laughs) I did a serenity prayer. Change the things you can, accept the things you can't, and have wisdom to know difference. But settle that with yourself before you begin to settle it with everybody else. But that's not really what we're doing. And I think that is a failing of society, and I think even more so, as that representative, expert, the psychological counselor, we're supposed to be encouraging the development of the individual. It is a social or psychosocial phenomenon. It is something that others contribute to, especially as we're younger and throughout our life, but more predominantly the influences when you're younger. But along the way, we should continue to be reminding whoever it is uh, as that agent, that individual, the psychological counselor, the agent, the person that is there to help society, individuals within social context. We should be at least constantly reminding ourselves and others, it all starts with you. But like you first, love you first for who you are, you can't change some things. Especially as much as it's innate in you genetically, physiologically, psychologically. But you also have to take into account Genuinely so, the environmental influences. Sometimes they are psychosocial. Maybe we can socially engineer society to minimize or mitigate some of those risks. We can be nice to everyone. We can codify things. Don't be mean. Don't be a bully. Uh, We can try to, to create a society that is seemingly so going to offer resource in at least somewhat equal measure to everyone. That would be a nice thought. But you're still going to have individual differences. You're still going to have genetics. You're going to still have earthquakes and fires and famines and war and pestilence. And you're still going to have all of those things that are going to affect that. You can't stop those things. So again, it's that serenity prayer. 
But when you get too much into looking at yourself through the lens of others or comparing yourself to others, the inclination to cheat, (laughs) and not only at Wordle, but at life, really goes against all of those things the article was speaking about as complimentary, I think. Didn't really say that it was preferential. I would probably see it as a preference. Our society should be built upon or constructed of something a little more virtuous than lying, cheating, and stealing. And in that, then if we're going to codify it, codify it? (laughs) Let's make it a religion. But if we're going to codify anything, let's start with ourselves. And appreciating this is who we are. We aspire to the best we can be. But there's some things we can't change. And if we can't change it, then let's just make peace with ourselves. And then maybe it'll be easier to make peace with others. And I mean, some people are going to have more. It's just the way it is. It will never change. But I just need to be happy with myself. I need to be content with myself. I need to appreciate me. And it might make it then easier to appreciate others. And with that, then I might have a more benevolent, caring, empathetic, (laughs) healthy, adaptive, perspective-taking sort of lens. Look at it from other people's perspectives. Not only mine. Lens of perspective, paradigm to look at life. But that seems to be then what religion really has always attempted to accomplish. But start with yourself. And maybe you'll find not only will there be more virtue and character in this true religion, religion sort of way, individual, then cultural, immaturity to maturity, youth to old age, or older age, no disrespect intentioned, But maybe you'll also find that all of that then creates cultural tightness. And maybe we'll also find that in cultural tightness, there may be, again, different perspectives and different degrees even of growth and maturity. But we'll at least all be aspiring to the same end. I'd like to believe science is that end. I think we all, in some universal way, can respect and appreciate it. But science has no room for liars or cheaters. And if science has any truth, it should be constructed of fact. And if you presume any truth, it should not be absolute truth, that your way is the right way, the only way. It is somewhat relative to where you are circumstantially, situationally, as an individual, and as individual with each other. And it is just that, a thesis or a hypothesis that we need to constantly test. But not test to prove ourselves right, but test to find ourselves wrong. Not that we're wanting to be wrong or that we don't have, again, some justification for wanting things to be the best they could be. But... If you at least look at it through that angle of let's presume I'm wrong, at least you're going to eliminate the presumption that you're right all the time. And falling into the trap of 
narcissism. <laughs> and I've not said that, used that word earlier, term earlier in today's podcast, but that really is what that is. Kids are narcissistic. They're very egocentric. They're very self-centered. But those kind of attributes need to sort of give way as we mature and we contact other cultures, other peoples, wherever they are, either by choice or by product of natural causes, environment, or internally so, organic, genetically encoded sort of uh, reasons. They're maybe not where we are and Maybe they're quite happy with what they are. Maybe that is true religion. It's just, again, the serenity prayer. (laughs) And for those of you who may not be familiar with the term or calling it serenity prayer, it's generally the only answer to addiction. (laughs) It's make peace with yourself, then the world around you. But if you're chasing things and those things aren't even of you, they're really of the world. And if you're too busy looking at what everybody else is doing to appreciate who you are and what you can do, or you're not running in your lane fulfilling what you have been in some ecological sort of manner or way intentioned by consequence of multiple factors, this is where you've landed If you can't really change it, then you're going to have to accept it. It doesn't mean you have to accept it without testing it first, but you just have to, even along the way, accept that not only are we never going to have the ultimate codified answer to everything, (laughs) and with that, because everything is constantly changing, the dictate edict of creativity we live in a dynamic world that's how it operates you're never going to be right for very long except in that true religion sort of way knowing how to live with what you have continuing to pursue truth but recognizing truth is not singularly the purview of any individual or even any culture We just need to get as many perspectives as possible, have as many subjects for the experiment, keep testing the thesis, the theory, allow precedence, what we know. Don't throw it away. Allow it to be a foundation if it changes because of factors. Maybe we only saw a portion of it and believed it to be true, but now we can see other things in fuller measure or other things as added to that making it fuller measure, and now we change our thesis, that's okay. But we've got to be grounded in something where we all start to fall apart. And if we don't, aren't grounded in that premise of finding truth, something valid, something reliable, taking into account there are errors of measurement, we can't see it all, experience it all in terms of our human sensorium or sensory experience, We can't know it all. We're limited to the human apparatus in terms of even conceptualization. But at least we're trying and aspiring to do the best we can with what we have. And I think in that, if everybody aspires to truth, then that's probably the closest we're going to get to equality. We should never mute somebody. We should never not listen to somebody. 
But at the same time, though, we can't just go around cheating. You can't, you can't find self-esteem by stealing it from others. You can't claim resource by stealing it from others and hope to then gain virtue in that. It's just not going to happen because you didn't do it as organically driven as the natural laws of science might be, of the natural world might be, evolution included in that. If you don't do it according to science, what we know empiricism to be, the rules that govern our physical existence, even in social dimension, psychological dimension, you've cheated. Sort of like playing a board game and getting the answer so that you can win all the time. But you get the answer by cheating. You don't get it by participating. And the answers, obviously with Word, they change every day. But you start to create a lot of division. And you can probably live with some of that for a while. But eventually you're going to get run the risk of so much divisiveness that it's all going to fall apart. Nobody likes a liar, cheat, and a thief. Nobody likes misrepresentation, misinformation, disinformation. I, I couldn't do counseling that way. It's unethical. There is a licensure board. There are laws. It's codified. I have to do evidence-based. I should. I want to. But I have to because there is, there is a legal requirement. And they won't let me do it if I'm a liar. If I just operate solely out of my theory or my way of thinking, it's unethical. Or even thinking what you would be right for you, that you should do out of a very limited perspective. I need to get to know you. I need to understand your situation circumstance. I need to understand the majority, if I can, of all persons, circumstance, situation. I shouldn't be driven so much by individuality or ethics, or not ethics, but ethnicity or cultural variables. I should try and aspire to get as many perspectives as possible. But I have to also learn that I am me and you are you and and at least the one thing I should operate out of is an acceptance. I can't be everything and I can't be right about everything. And that there's always going to be somebody who's going to maybe do it differently and maybe somebody who's going to do it better. And in that way, there's always going to be winners or losers. But I don't want to cheat and kind of set the game up <laughs> so that I win all the time. Stack the odds in my favor. That's not fair. And I won't do that <laughs> to people who come see me because I want to help them. But I want to help them discover what they're good at, where they want to be, and then should it include other people, then we'll do that. Get the individual right. Get it right with yourself. Then negotiate with other people. But if you don't do that, you're just going to then be so fixated on others that though you get what they have, you may not know what to do with it. Or you may, in taking it from them, end up finding out maybe it really wasn't what you wanted in the first place. That's my job. As I might be one of many resources to help us culturally, different nations, different peoples, just the world to do this properly. You know, maybe that is 
the great thing about science, it seems like universally everybody accepts that. But even science has, once again, no place for liars, cheats, and thieves. I'm going to use good science. The good research methodology that I have come to appreciate through my education, training, experience that I am loyal to, that I'm not going to betray, I'm not going to lie, cheat, and steal just so that I can get it the way that I want it. That's what I'm going to offer. But would that not also be what you'd want? Would that not also then give you your best chance if you believe in it to see it for what it is and then we can negotiate. We can work together to figure out what you want to do with those realities. Some you'll accept. Some you'll work on changing. Some you may accept today and change tomorrow. It just can't all be state, static in some way that is immutable. It Except that, that it's always going to be something we have to work on. It's a process. It's a journey. And with that, we just have to be diligent in continuing to do what we know is the right thing to do to rightly assess it. So, who cheats at Wordle? Probably people who don't believe in science. Who cheats at Wordle? Those individuals who may understand winning and losing as really compared to other people, as for them, as the subtitle of the article, loser, less religious locations have a higher incidence of wordle fraud, they may see themselves as losers and don't know how to fix it, don't know how to change it. But we should help them. We should teach them science. We should teach them how to apply empiricism. Good research methodology. We should educate everyone and then hold them accountable to that model, lest we end up with all this sort of counterculture or different cultures. If you've got one culture, you're going to have a counterculture if they're different. But unless we all should lose our tightness, I don't want that. I want our society to work well together. I want our nation to work well together with other nations. I want the world's peoples to work together. Truth is the only way to get there. And I do believe universally science is not a bad way to get there if you understand it for what it is and you don't lie and cheat and steal in it. That's what you'll get if you come see me. That's what we try to do on the podcast. That's why we read these articles. This was from Psychology Today, Devon Fry, March, April 2023. But that's why we try to bring those articles to you on the podcast and kind of reflect on them, pontificate. We're just trying to find application of empirically sound evidence, research, research methodology, paradigms. But we have to do them together or we're going to run the risk of falling apart. Should you want to come back and catch the next edition of Word, you certainly can do that. That's an invitation uh, with Dave Clay. And you can reach me by calling 304-523-WORD-9673, thewordhouse.com. Also, thewordhouse at frontier.com would be the email. I'd be glad to hear from you. Should you need help, i uh, be glad to, if I can help you, be wanting to provide assistance. If not, I'm going to direct you back to the Psychology Today directory where you'll find vetted incredible providers, especially if there's a behavioral health concern. 
In the meantime, though, as I always sincerely want to do, I really hope that you have a good life. (laughs) You're experiencing not only the best of mental health, that you're not suffering too much from all the different things that are seemingly going on in the world around us and that you have the right resources to kind of keep yourself healthy there on that front. But you're also, in that same sort of way, having good health. And until the next time we get a chance to meet, thanks.